You're listening to the Dr. Beth Sportcast. Stay tuned for Newsflash. to see how quickly the alliance of Sahel states, AES, is progressing. The AES now stands as the only independent and sovereign entity on the continent, which is a significant achievement worth acknowledging. I would like to take a moment to provide some clarity on the alliance of Sahel states, AES, for those who may not be familiar with it yet. Some of our brothers and sisters may benefit from a better understanding of this important regional organization and how it functions. A trilateral mutual defense agreement was entered into by the military leaders of Mali, Burkina Faso and Niger Republic several months ago. This agreement was made public by ministerial delegations from the three Sahel countries at a formal event held in Bamako, the capital of Mali. The Liptako Gurma Charter establishes the Alliance of Sahel States, AES, according to Mali's Asimi Goita. The aim, they say, is to establish an architecture of collective defense and mutual assistance for the benefit of our populations. The Liptako Gurma region is the point where Mali, Burkina Faso and Niger borders meet, and it has been ravaged by jihadism in recent years. The newly signed agreement and the previous military cooperation pact signed by the three nations in response to ECOWAS threats exhibit some differences that require clarification. Nevertheless, the Malian defense minister has elucidated the true nature of the new pact in no uncertain terms. He emphasized that this alliance will comprise both military and economic endeavors among the three countries. Therefore, it is evident that the addition of economic is a significant enhancement to the pact. Moreover, he reasserted that the primary focus of this partnership is to combat terrorism in the three countries. Let's unpack the situation. A military cooperation pact was signed earlier, but the current pact goes beyond the military domain, including an economic dimension. What's happening is the emergence of a new block of Sahel states that seeks to distance itself from France and the unipolar world order. This block is structured to operate like ECOWAS and will rivalite. As you already know, Russia is heavily invested in Mali and Burkina Faso. This is why Mali kicked out French soldiers in 2022 and the UN forces in 2023. Burkina Faso did same as well, and, and Niger has also done it. Let me explain further. Russia's presence in Mali and Burkina Faso is extremely robust, both militarily and economically. Even in the wake of the Niger incident, Russia had to send both military and economic aid, including the Wagner forces through Mali, because the country has become like a little Russia in the Sahel. 
However, despite any military or economic aid that Russia may provide to Niger, it cannot compare to what they already have on the ground in Mali and Burkina Faso. Therefore, Russia has encouraged these three nations to form a symbiotic relationship so that any military or economic framework implemented in Burkina Faso and Mali, funded or inspired by Russia, will automatically benefit Niger. The French soldiers are fully aware of what made them leave Mali and Niger, and despite refusing to disclose it, they know the truth. Under the new agreement, they will be compelled to acknowledge the same reality that drove them away. The Russian military, which has a significant presence in the region, can now operate at full capacity in Niger, just like in Mali and Niger. The Sahel Trinity is now united, giving Russia direct access to Niger, which was previously inaccessible. Consequently, certain military equipment that couldn't be transported directly to Niger can now be sent there directly from Russia, bypassing Mali. The case is now closed. The BRICS nations are currently engaged in discussions aimed at charting a bold new economic course for their member countries. It's high time to replace the hegemonic economic policies that have been imposed by Western nations for decades. As this process unfolds, a new Sahel bloc will eventually be established and plugged into the BRICS economic framework. The creation of this new bloc will render regional organizations such as ECOWAS and the AU obsolete, as they were established to serve the interests of the West. It's crystal clear that Western hegemony on the African continent is rapidly crumbling and this is happening right before our very eyes. Up to that point, I guess you know something you didn't. West African region is currently experiencing transformative changes as three of its nations, Mali, Burkina Faso and Niger, opt for a new alliance after their dramatic exit from the economic community of West African states. This development, taking place amidst complex regional dynamics characterized by military coups, security challenges and shifting international alliances, provides a unique opportunity for the three nations to establish their own path. As founding members of ECOWAS since 1975, Mali, Burkina Faso, and Niger's decision to withdraw from the regional bloc in January 2024 caused a stir within the organization. This bold move was in response to ECOWAS's perceived inability to address security concerns, particularly the ongoing violence in the Sahel region. Additionally, accusations of undue influence from former colonial power France further strained their relationship with the bloc. However, the three nations were not deterred by their departure and immediately began charting a new course. Within a few weeks of their ECOWAS withdrawal, delegations convened in Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso, to discuss the formation of a confederation. This proposed alliance builds upon their existing defense and economic pact, the Alliance of Sahel States, AES, which was established in September 2023. During a meeting with a delegation from the World Bank, the Nigerian Prime Minister, Mr. Ali Mahaman Lamine Zain expressed his dissatisfaction with the institution. 
While he welcomed the resumption of cooperation after six months of suspension following the coup d'etat, Mr. Zain strongly criticized the bank's positions after the events of July 26, 2023. The Prime Minister first deplored the delay, which he considered too long, taken by the bank to assess the situation and resume cooperation. He then denounced the promptness with which the institution supported the punitive ECOWAS sanctions, which had a harmful impact on Niger by restricting access to basic necessities. Mr. Zine expressed his disappointment with the bank's haste in aligning itself with the battery of punitive sanctions decided by ECOWAS and questioned the existence of such measures in the bank's texts. He also expressed his surprise at the closure of borders and sanctions on vital products. The Prime Minister expressed his shock at the bank's reaction, recalling its positive action in the country around 15 years ago in a similar context. He also emphasized that the July 26, 2023 coup was the only non-constitutional change in Niger that took place without violence and with broad popular support. We thought that our partners would take this into account, he said in a disappointed tone. In consideration of current affairs, it is worth noting that the AES of current affairs, it is worth noting that the AES currently stands as the sole sovereign and independent entity on the continent. We invite you to join the conversation. accept that we had intense debates in the past. We had issues, we have issues with the global financial architecture. Those debates sometimes were misunderstood, gravely misunderstood, especially between the North and the South. I think we are okay now, we are almost on even ground. And on the basis of that, we want to encourage ourselves to move on, to get the job done. I remember when we met in June in Paris, it was a very intense debate. And, but we are okay with that now. I think checking with colleagues that we interact with individually as heads of state um, from the North, I sense that we have some convergence. I'm repeating that, so that I lay the basis for us to make progress, to support what President Nana has said. But as we do that, I just want to remind ourselves about the very basics that provoked this debate, that drove the need to change the global financial architecture. As we enhance our own institutions, Africa, Export-Import Bank and others. We need to remind ourselves that the combination of the international institutions, our African institutions, the new institutions that we create must not forget certain basics. Why we drop the arguments. I just want to summarize one, a few of them. One, we agreed 
that we are not assessed correctly in terms of the credit risk assessment of our countries and therefore our continent. And in this package of reforms, institutions, legal changes, we would like this to remain on the agenda of the package of our institutions, that we are not assessed correctly. We are basically given a higher risk profile unfairly, and we should not forget that. One of the reasons that this is happening is because our balance sheets, our economies are not valued correctly. It's just one. Yes, there's issues of political risk, issues of business, exchange exposure, risk, name it all. That's why you experts are there. We want to remind ourselves that we are not valued correctly. We have assets that don't come into our balance sheets. That must change as we drive this change of the global financial architecture. I just want to remind ourselves about that. If you value an economy, Ghanaian economy, Kenyan economy, smaller than what actually it is, it means the headroom is limited for which you can access financing. That must not be the case going forward. That's number one. And we expect the institutions of ours, Professor Roma, to assist us together with your colleagues in valuing us correctly. Very important. Number two, very dry. We want to see a lower cost of capital. No debate about that. Engraved in what we do, the changes we drive, we want to see a lower cost of capital, a fair cost of capital. Africa is currently discriminated against in the pricing of capital. Of course, it's connected somehow to the risk assessment. But even then, same business, same sector, same profiling, everything, gearing, similar, we pay more. Increasing the cost of doing business in our countries, on our continent, inhibiting the much-needed growth of our economies. Not accepted. So let's address that. It's number two. Dry as it is. Combinations of funds, the SDRs we're talking about, everything that we're hearing, this must not lose us, or we must not lose it along the way. Number three, someone may say this is controversial. But it's not. And I think my fellow colleagues who lead countries are aware that in Africa we're wasteful. Generally, we're wasteful. We cannot dictate what an individual does with their money. But when these institutions lend, continue to lend, the new ones we create lend to us as African countries, we want to encourage ourselves and you not to lend for consumption expenditure. Let's focus the credit for revenue generation. Let's not support businesses, economies, veering too much on luxury expenditure. We must focus on basics, growth, production, revenue genera generating expenditure, for which credit must be availed and priority given for that. Strongly believe in that. Number four, very dry. 
Very simple. Africa must buy from itself. We must do business with each other. We have an inherent tendency when we want to buy something, procure something, to think of a former colonial master, to think of overseas. We must look inside. We must do business with each other. We are the continent that trades, invests in itself the least. President Ruto talked of our critical minerals, which are important for the green energy revolution. And most times the meetings that President Nana talked about we go to is to attract FDI. And the perception of FDI is from Europe, is from America, is from Asia. FDI, foreign direct investment. Maybe let's change the name and call it our own investment mobilization efforts. Find your own name. I don't care the name you give it. So let's look around ourselves. Let's trade with each other more. Let's exchange the import-export list from one another at a central level, even at a banking financial institutions level, Professor Rome. That must be almost a mundane thing to do. And I think it will answer partially to what President Nana said, God helps those who help themselves. We don't read the Bible and we want a good life, but we don't want to work for that. It's an inherent contradiction, I suggest. And I think lastly, I would suggest that we must time frame what we're doing in this reform. Time frame, clear walking path, implementation plan, and be rigid about it. Time is not on our side. When we've done these things, we will grow our economies. We will create jobs for our youthful population. We will create more business opportunities with our own African businesses. And then we can provide sustainably social support for the weak, the sick, the old, the retired, and the young in terms of education for our population. Thank you for your attention. February 2024's edition of News Flash on the Dr. Beth's podcast. In all that you do, let love guide you. Not fear, because fear is the greatest vampire of energy. On Jarama, Halawal Kongol Kedi, Jerry Jeff, Babene Nyong.